0: Hello and welcome back. This podcast is about two individuals, two different lives, living in two different countries, coming together to build a meaningful virtual friendship over a microphone and a cup of coffee. Care to join us? I'm Rakshit. I'm Ishita, And And we are are
1: pleased to meet you. you. Jambo! This is how people greet in Swahili, which is the language of East Africa. Now in the previous episode, Ishita explained how her ancestors moved from Gujarat to Tanzania. And so did my family, they travelled from Gujarat to Mumbai for better prospects. And as beckoned by Ishita, I am now here in London and this does give me a a vague memory of when I was here on a a school trip uh, to Europe and when i was probably just around 15 and we only had 48 hours in in this city and we crammed all the touristy places like you know the big ben and buckingham palace all on a coach ride and like every respectable indian tourist we were all playing antakshari not giving a rats bum about what the guide is telling us <sighs> but anyway i'm now here at hyde park and now it's time to spot Ashita, which is going to be quite a difficult task considering our vision. Um, oh, oh, maybe not. Uh, she's just messaged me saying that she's colored her hair pink. <laughs> Let me follow her location and let's see. Oh, I think there she is.
0: Mr. Doshi. Hello.
1: Oh, Miss Anadkhart. Love your hair.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> ah, but you've picked a beautiful spot. This beautiful tree and nice and shady. Um, but tell me, tell me something more about this place.
0: Hmm. So Hyde Park has a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. It was first acquired by King Henry VIII in the 16th century from local monks. Mm-hmm. And he used it as private hunting grounds. Okay. Um and this was for about a hundred years before Hyde Park opened up to general public.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And then in in I think it must be eighteen fifty-one when Prince Albert mm-hmm. organized something called the Great Exhibition where he invited various people from all around the world to exhibit their Scientific inventions, their gadgets, their art-related work, their ideas—all sorts. It was a really big, um, an ambitious exhibition that was organized by Prince Albert during the time of Queen Victoria.
1: Very interesting. Mm. Yeah.
0: And ever since, this park has been hosting regular events such as concerts. Mm-hmm. And even my favorite, the annual winter wonderland over Christmas. It's very exciting. <laughs>
1: Ooh, very fascinating.
0: <laughs> and the lake that you see on your right, yeah it's called the Serpentine. Okay. And this was constructed in the 18th century. So it's a man-made lake. Wow, <laughs> what a
1: lovely place.
0: So, Rakshit, shall we dig into our picnic basket now? Oh, sure. Tell me. Have you brought us some thepla and gathiya?
1: Of course! And chunda! Don't forget the chunda!
0: <laughs> so, Rakshit has got us our traditional Gujarati snacks. Have you tried them? You must if you haven't.
1: Oh, and with masala chai.
0: Oh, delicious! <laughs> okay, now Rakshit, I'm still curious to know the connection between engineering mm-hmm. and being a voiceover artist. I, I don't see a relation.
1: Well, to be frank, uh, there's no direct connection, actually. Um, What happened with engineering is it taught me what I should not be doing with my life. (laughs) Because it's a very non-creative kind of a field, at least in India, the way it's been taught. um, Mm. They just give you 50-year-old content that you have to, you know, textbooks that you have to mug. And you have to parrot and you have to, you know, regurgitate on the paper.
0: You mean like... Rote learning?
1: Exactly like rote learning. Um, mm-hmm. It was just really not my cup of tea to carry on with it. So I guess after two years of, you know, gaining as much experience as I could of, you know, living outside my home, mm-hmm. being independent, living with, uh, you know, three other roommates, people dynamics, all of that. And of course, the band.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, the band.
1: All of that gave me a very good you know two years of jam-packed experiences and I loved it and then I quit (laughs) moved on Mm. and I changed my stream to commerce and um, then over to advertising after that
0: okay I I can see a little bit of connection here okay yeah
1: yeah (laughs) then after doing advertising I moved to radio and uh, I stuck around for more than six years I guess wait
0: wait 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 were you an RJ? <laughs>
1: I wish. Uh, no, no. I joined as a writer. I used to write commercials.
0: Uh-huh. okay. I
1: joined the sales department, and they would bring in briefs, and you know, I would I would write commercials, and then that would go on air. So maybe to answer your question, I guess um, my first experience with voiceovers that happened one evening when uh, one of the salespersons, persons. He brought in a brief quite late in the evening at about 6, 6.30 when like the entire office was empty by then. Mm -hmm. So there were just three or four of us and it was supposed to go on air the next morning. So I basically had just that one night to finish production and everything. And uh, I quickly wrote the commercials down. And since there was nobody else to voice them. I had to do it myself. Wow. Yeah, but what I heard over the radio the next day, I was quite proud of myself because it sounded nice. And I, I decided that, hey, if nothing happens in my writing career, this is a great alternative. <laughs> so that's probably the beginning of my love affair with uh, voiceovers, I
0: guess. Wow. Do you know what? that it's so impressive. It's, it's like, <laughs> you know, you, you tried something and you liked it. And that was your first step. No, I'm I'm quite amazed. <laughs> so, it's funny. I also got an opportunity to audition for Radio Mirchi in Pune. Are you serious?
1: <laughs> Such a small world. Wow. And did you?
0: I did, but mm-hmm. I didn't get picked because. <laughs> I couldn't speak Marathi which is the local language and it was one of the requirements so I I knew
1: <laughs> I mean I get it you know it's a tough language I've I've been in Mumbai all my life I still can't speak fluent Marathi so really not your fault but but hey that's exciting mm-hmm. but Ishita Ishita mm. please can you please <laughs> just unravel that story of how you ended up in the UK
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> um So one Sunday during the monsoons, it was raining quite heavily in Pune. And so we cancelled our plans to travel to Mumbai solely because usually during the monsoons, there's landslides, roads get blocked, and we just didn't want to be stuck anywhere. Sure. So we decided to go to the education fair, which was organized by the British Library at Marriott.
1: Oh, Okay.
0: And um, it just sounded like a nice outing for a rainy afternoon with a good cup of coffee and just a walk around. Right. Okay. So now every stand that was there um, had a university from a specific city from the UK. So, for example, Manchester, Mm. Lancaster, Mm. Leeds, Nottingham, Birmingham, London. So all the cities had. A university there. Correct. And my mom was entertaining us by mentioning a connection (laughs) in each of the city that we passed by. (laughs) So now, Rakshit, you probably would know this as a Gujarati. You know anyone and everyone. Anyone and everyone is somehow related to each other.
1: Oh, we have a nexus all over the world. (laughs) I so know that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So anyway, when I came to the stall. For University of Leicester, Mm -hmm. the lady convinced me to talk to one of the professors from the economics department. I was quite um, intrigued by the conversation and economics has always been a subject that I've been quite interested in. And what happened was I learned they have accessibility support in place. Now by accessibility, I mean having Large print material, right. using dictaphones in class, oh, wow. having extra time in your exams, even having a large print graph paper. Oh, right.
1: That's brilliant, isn't it? Wow, isn't
0: it? So, so that got me really excited. And um, to to add icing to the cake, mm. he showed me <laughs> he showed me some photos of his cute little son, and was like, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were sold? old.
0: I was (laughs) so. They must have got my commission, by the way. (laughs) Anyway, jokes apart. Mm. I made up my mind to do my further education in the UK. And the professor turned to my parents Mm. and asked if they think I could do it. Like, you know, even he realized, like, oh, gosh, she's visually impaired and I've just convinced her. Mm. And... (laughs) They both looked at each other and they were like, if she says she will do it, she will do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What conviction. No, but that actually does say a lot about your resolve and, you know, very impressive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. But he did give me one piece of advice. Mm -hmm. He said, um, (laughs) never decide to get married like this so quickly. So my journey began that day. It was quite scary. Yeah. But I had to do it because I had said it out loud. Mm. I was accountable.
1: I, I can completely relate to that. Mm. And it's funny, you know, how these tiny little decisions that we, you know, these things that just happen to us. These are like ripples in the pond. And mm. they have the capacity to change the course of your entire life.
0: Yeah.
1: It's mind blowing how that happens. And you know, just like you, I've I've made some frivolous decisions as well.
0: Okay, yeah. Like what?
1: <laughs> like, I never set out uh, to make a career. I, I never knew I want to be this, mm. you know, I want to be a pilot or a fireman when I grow up or whatever. You know, I just kept planning as I went ahead. What I liked, what I disliked, I, I sort of discarded what I didn't want. And I kept delving into the depths of what I really wanted to do. So, I think I, I, I kept uh, deciding as I went.
0: Yeah, sounds sounds like we're alike. <laughs>
1: mm. So after my degree college, you know, and and before I jumped into advertising as a career option, I had a brief encounter with um num, 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 Bollywood. <laughs> Believe it or not,
0: were you trying to be an actor now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Unless the movie was about people with albinism, no. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh! Okay. uh What did you do there? Well, so so the thing is that my my maternal uncle, my mama, mm-hmm. uh, in in his heydays was a was a film producer, mm. and since I, he knew that I had this uh, interest in media, and so he said, you know, do you want to try something? So I said, great! And he put me in the post production department. Okay. And. I was taken aback. I was so fascinated. Like when you're watching a movie, you won't even... You have no idea the amount of processes, the machinery, the sheer number of people, the man hours that go into making this two-hour movie. It is mind-boggling. And, you know, I I just sort of swam in that ocean and I, I loved it. I loved
0: it. Wow. I mean... There is a lot of work that goes behind big screen entertainment yes. uh, for for the audience, and yes. most people can't even imagine what's happening in the background because they're only seeing, you know, what's displayed in front. Correct. It's, it's, it's amazing, right? Fascinating. Okay, I mean, okay. Then tell me, what happened? What was next? So, um,
1: you know, like I said, I am I am a plan as you go guy. hmm. So I took whatever I could, you know, learn from there. I I learned you know software i learned hardware i learned soft skills i learned people skills i learned management from my uncle mm. and finances and the, i was i was quite young and to learn all these things that that really added value to my life but i was not very happy with the film industry there is a lot of shosha you know just not not my taste
0: right okay
1: so i i took whatever i could and i just moved on then I, I loved the prospect of doing advertising because I've always been a good writer, right? And I, I knew how to turn a phrase. Mm. So I just put like media and writing together and I said, hey, why not copywriting and advert for advertising agencies? So that sort of attracted me and I gone straight for the Xavier's Institute of Communication, uh, which is a very prestigious communication institute in, in Mumbai, and uh, I got in in the first round. Wow. Yeah, I just fell in love with advertising, you know, as a career after that. So the thing is, Ishita, um, normally after doing something like this, like an advertising course and a course in marketing, mm. people would probably want to take up um, a job at at an ad agency, right?
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not me. Oh.
1: <laughs> I, I went for the, for the younger, less loved child of media known as radio.
0: <laughs> okay, let me get this clear. I, uh-huh. Why would radio be the least loved? I thought radio has been around for years and it's I, I hear a lot of radio around me. Why the least?
1: That's exactly one of the reasons. If you uh, see the history of radio or even as a medium,
0: yeah.
1: radio has always been a passive medium. Now, it does not require a listener's um, active attention. Like a serial would because you have to follow a story. Radio is just music, someone talking for a while and then music again. So it's just something that plays in the background. Mm-hmm. So that being the case, it's while it has a sincere listenership, mm-hmm. you'd be surprised to know that if you look at the pie chart, radio's listenership is probably under 10% of the entire media consumption.
0: Wow, under 10%. oh
1: yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's why even media houses give less than 10% of their entire share of uh, media buying uh-huh. to radio. So it's a less paid medium. It's a medium that itself pays less to its employees. Mm. And it's a medium that's um, just a stepbrother. <laughs>
0: Gosh, okay. <laughs> And I never, I, I, never thought of radio like that. But wow, I, it's an interesting fact. It's quite good to know this. Mm. So now, I, I guess you also love radio because it's not a visual medium, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. You don't need to worry about how to make things look nice for others when, with your own low vision, you don't, you can't really perceive the way they see things, right? Hmm. So. It is a bit complicated to explain, but I'm I'm sure you you, you get what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I, I I think I understand. It's like trying to compose music when you have no ears, right?
1: Yes, pretty much. But then again, you know, I did have a stint with television mm-hmm. because you know, like I said, TV channels pay more, of course, more than radio, right? Yeah. So then the next step for me, the logical step for me to go up and up the ladder was to join a television channel. Okay. So I just took a leap of faith and I, I jumped into a Bollywood music channel.
0: Ooh, wow.
1: Yeah. And I, I joined there as a writer. So I used to write the promos for the for the channel and, uh, you know, sh- about the shows, etc. The timings and all. It's what you call stationality. So that's uh, the imaging of the channel. I, I used to take care of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with some effort, I did realize that I could understand the medium better. The fear that we have about, you know, low vision and not being able to comprehend how things are going to look. That changed a little bit because I started understanding lighting. I started understanding um, camera angles. Yeah. And I did quit television eventually. Uh, to come back to radio and I started with my voiceover hustle on the side too Mm. but TV gave me something very important it gave me gave me a new passion actually
0: okay I I want to ask you about this new passion but before I ask you that when you mentioned about learning about lighting it's it's quite interesting because we do have some sight and light plays a really important part in our vision Um, although Too much light is too painful, but too little light is equally painful because for us to see something better or clearer or to identify something, you do need light falling on that object.
1: I agree. Yes,
0: and so I I think that completely relates to what I feel and I see every day. Um, but okay, tell me, tell me more. I don't want to cut you off because I'm quite interested about this this passion that TV has has given you. What is your new passion?
1: Um, I sort of after after understanding uh, and being on shoots, mm. I sort of started liking photography.
0: Oh wait, seriously? Seriously. <laughs> Okay, so Rakshit, photography is also one of my passions. <laughs> Are
1: you serious? <laughs> you know, after you said that, the first thing that is coming to my mind is the fact that we have to dedicate one episode to our passions, especially photography.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, you bet.
1: <laughs> Done. Chalo. So that is chalked down for our next, um, down the line sometime, an episode about our passions and especially photography.
0: Looking forward to it.
1: But speaking of low vision, I feel that when uh, one sensory organ is, you know, depleted or is, is or someone is deprived of that one sensory organ, mm-hmm. the four others, they tend to be a lot sharper, mm-hmm. you know, more sensitive to its surrounding. So my sense of hearing, my sense of smell, taste is actually quite sharp. You know what I
0: mean? Gosh, I completely get it, Rakshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I rely on my hearing, especially when I'm crossing the road, Mm. right? Although (laughs) I continue my battles with electric cars and (laughs) e-scooters.
1: I know what you mean. They just creep up on you from wherever.
0: I know. Gosh, scary.
1: You know, Ishita, it's much easier in India (laughs) because everyone here wants to honk.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yes, the, these senses are our survival mechanism, right?
1: Mm. True.
0: I can also guess who is walking down the corridor just by the sound of their footsteps or a bunch of keys.
1: I I can relate to that because I do that a lot <laughs> from the just the gait of the person, just the pace at which the person is walking. Yeah. You can easily make out who it is.
0: Right, right. And you know, people get stunned by this at times and, and they think I'm psychic. <laughs>
1: make that two of us i freaked people out by saying you know this person is coming and he's going to be in in three two one and bam the door opens <laughs> Yeah, that's so many things common between us, man. I I love it. I love this conversation today.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I completely agree. And Mm. thank you for all the gautia and febla.
1: You're very welcome, milady.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now, Rakshit, this time it's your turn to pick our next location. So where are we going?
1: Hmm. So tell me this. How do you like the sound of waves with a cool breeze blowing? Through your hair.
0: Oh my god, I really, really love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so then I have just the place for you. Uh, no prizes for guessing that it's by the seaside. Oh,
0: okay.
1: <laughs> but tell me, tell me, uh, what's going to be the theme of our conversation?
0: Hmm. Now make sure you book a place for three.
1: Huh? Three? Are we being joined by someone?
0: Yes, we are.
1: Wow. <laughs> and who is it?
0: It's a surprise. Ah. But I Promise you that the conversations will continue to be as exciting and as informative.
1: Oh, I'm so excited!
0: Thank you for joining us in Global Goodju Part Two. We are keen to hear your stories as well, wherever you are. So connect with us on our Facebook page or you can email us directly on pleasedtomeetyou.podcast at gmail.com All links in the description. Do not forget to follow and subscribe.
1: And even better, if you can share this with your friends and family and spread the word.
0: Spread the word. I'm Rakshit. I'm Ishita. And and we are pleased pleased to meet you. you.
1: Music arranged and mixed by Devesh Parihar Music mastered by Farhad Music composed by Ishitav Episode production and cover art by Rakshad Doshi